0: What was your biggest fear at that time? I was pretty fearless. Mm. I don't know that I had any fears. I, my, probably my biggest fear was wow. uh, being unhappy, being complacent, not living the life that I really yeah. needed to live. I had a lifelong mm. dream. started at the age of nine. I remember the moment very specifically where I realized what I wanted to do is I wanted to travel the world and I wanted to learn how the children play. Mm. Where do the people shop? How do you cook? What do you talk about around the dinner table? Mm -hmm. And it was something that I realized I could not accomplish through vacations. I had to make Uh. it a lifestyle. Once I knew I had to do that, Mm -hmm. I had the courage to make the counterintuitive changes in my life to make that happen. Fire. Fire!
1: Yes, welcome to another episode of Everyday Badassery. I'm your host, Christine Lozada. And in this episode, if you're watching, we are traveling at actually at TBEX, the Travel Bloggers Exchange, a travel conference in Tri Cities, Washington. And today I'm chatting with someone I've been fangirling for a long time. I've been meaning to meet Miss Nora Dunn, the professional hobo. She is a badass crazy traveler crazy in the best way possible but this podcast is meant to inspire you to be just one percent more badass today than you were yesterday i would love for you to journal along with us download your free journal info in the show notes below let's introduce nora
0: what's your intro who are you (laughs) i am nora dunn i'm otherwise known as the professional hobo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I love it when people react that way because I totally named myself the professional hobo to make fun of myself. I started traveling full time. I've heard it a million times. It's still funny to me every it is. single time. It's I love great. it. Yeah, and it's that's totally what I did it to make fun of myself because what's the first question that people ask you when they meet you?
1: Where are you what from? What do you do? Oh, what do you do? I mine's always like, where are you based out of? Oh, I oh, guess but you're, it's you're always, talking to travelers. I'm right? talking to travelers.
0: Yeah, but if you meet show down the street. Yeah, you're
1: right. What do you
0: do? They're going to try to, to understand who you are and thus categorize you by virtue of what you do for a living because, of course, what we do for a living is half of our waking life. Yeah. So obviously there was some intention that we put into that, right? So I just sold everything that I owned. I yeah. started traveling. I didn't know what I was going to do yet. Travel blogging was not a thing. I was sort of thinking about developing a career as a freelance writer, but I hadn't quite made the location independent connection in my head yet. Yeah. I go to a writery meeting. And, because I'm a Rotarian, mm-hmm. and these people are all, like, businessy people. And they're like, so, oh, you know, nice to meet you, Nora. What do you do? And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm homeless, but I want to make it look good. So I call myself a professional hobo. Yeah. And I did it to get a laugh, mm-hmm. and it stuck. And you do a good job of that. <laughs> what led to your travel? Ha! Burnout. Burnout. I was, so it was a little voice in the back of my head that... <laughs> told me that I wasn't doing something. There's this little voice, it's been a lifelong companion of mine, Yeah, kicks in every once in a while and goes, Nora, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. There's something else out there for you. And throughout my career that led to a career change, each time, right? Mm. And then by the time I hit 30, mm-hmm. I was running a- financial. <laughs> oh, I like you. <laughs> I was running a financial planning practice. Kay. I'd achieved what society would define as I success. I know this, okay. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that voice kicked in again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I have put years of blood, sweat, and tears into this practice. I am not going to take another detour. So I filled my life with all the things that I hoped would make the voice quiet. Yeah. I became a Toastmaster. I joined Rotary. I got back into professional acting, singing, and dancing. I was in DreamWorks movie pictures. Mm -hmm. I was doing commercials. I was doing theater. And that led to the burnout. You know in your heart you
1: weren't doing the right thing.
0: Yet, yeah, you right? put so much work into it, right? kept going at it. So, I got in two car accidents in one week. And I had a friend who said, oh, Nora, the universe is trying to tell you something. Yeah, wow. Well, and I was like, what, that I shouldn't drive in winter? Get out of my way. I got somewhere I need to be. Um, and... It was just a series, again, you know, then I got sick, then I got sicker, then I got, yeah. you know, bronchitis, turned into walking pneumonia. And the only thing, so Shit. that my initial episodes of burnout yeah. that taught me now how to see what's coming, mm-hmm. if I am physically flattened, yeah. then I have to listen to the voice. <laughs> okay, fast forward. <laughs> what would Nora right
1: now say to that Nora back then?
0: That's a really good question. Or did um, you just punch her in the face? <laughs> yeah. Get out of my way. <laughs> or get out of your own way, actually. It's probably a good thing to say. Um, well, you know what? I took a leap. And I did, I should, you know, like, I counterintuitively sold everything that I owned, including this practice. Yeah. I was in a position where all I had to do for the rest of my life and career was work less and less and make more and more.
1: That's fire
0: right that's
1: badass right there but
0: (laughs) i sold it all okay uh and it was counterintuitive but it worked out okay so perhaps my 30 year old self needed some insurance uh, assurance so if she needed some assurance i could say it's going to be okay I wanna pause
1: here for just a minute because I want you to ask yourself the same question. I want you to think about a time in your life where you're about to do a crazy thing or you're about to make a big jump and bring yourself back to that moment where you felt fear or you felt that hesitation. And now, you now, with 2020 hindsight, what would you tell yourself back then? And I love to ask people this question because the majority of the time, the answer is something along the lines of, oh, just do it or like, you totally got this or wow, I was really afraid of things I shouldn't have been afraid of. And every time I'm in this place where I'm about to make a jump or make a hard decision or whatever it is, I fast forward to the Christine way later, five years, 10 years, 20 years later and what would that person be saying to me right in that moment? And that's the assurance I often give myself to do the damn thing. So questions like that are available in the Badassery Journal, free download. Make sure you check that and grab it in the show notes below. And I want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, Rhino. Rhino is a social travel app that enables people to share and discover travel experiences through photos and videos. Personally, I have been sharing hundreds of my travel photos, videos, and drone shots too in the app because I want to show others the way I travel and explore. To me, diversity in travel matters, and Rhino gets it. I love how Rhino is challenging the travel industry's one-size-fits-all approach and provides a platform for us to share our unique experiences and break away from the dominant narrative. You can learn more about the app in the show notes below and find that download link as well. And by the way, uh, if you're watching this, I'm filming it from Portland. I'm at the World Domination Summit, but let's jump back to Washington and get back to Nora. All right, give me a little smattering of of the flavors of Nora traveling. All right,
0: um, <laughs> like where do I start? I've survived three natural disasters. I got three tropical diseases uh i was robbed twice including a con man that took my passport and a whole bunch of money frankly he deserved it because no he earned it he earned it it's okay (laughs) Uh, i was in a near fatal accident Mm -hmm. and i've survived more breakups than i care to admit to okay (laughs) and i like to tell these stories not because i'm looking for a badge of honor but because i often say that life's misadventures make for the best stories with a dose of hindsight oh hell yeah right yeah but Let's talk about the other side of the equation. So I saved over $100,000 getting free accommodation in my first 10 years on the road fire. Some of those experiences including included living in Australia and having a kangaroo fall in love with me and literally follow me around everywhere that I went. I went too. He slept on my doorstep, like it was full on. <laughs> There's a lot of stories I could tell about Bracken, but I'm not sure who your audience is. But yeah, he was, he was ornery, let's put it that way. That he loved me that in every still, sense of the word.
1: Does he still call you,
0: does he still call you today? Is that no. so? I see your phone ringing. <laughs> um, what, what crazy stuff did I do? I, I mean, I volunteered in trade for free accommodation doing amazing things. I painted murals in trade for free accommodation. I designed marketing plans. I built goats. Give me, That was hold weird.
1: On. So hold, on. I'm still blown away by this whole hundred thousand and blah 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 in accommodations. Give me an example of what it looks like when Nora the badass would go out there and be like, "I'm going to go get this free accommodation." <laughs> or like, give me one example and like talk us through it. If I were to stand up right now and go execute on that. Okay, so if
0: I were just dis- to distill the badassery. Of the, is that a, can we turn this into a verb, the badassery? Oh, it already is a verb. All oh, right, right, sweet. So it's talking, also a noun and an adjective. In uh, yes, that's right, because I don't think assery is a verb. But anyway, <laughs> if I were to embody the badassery of, mm-hmm. of the free accommodation, of frankly, of every amazing thing that I've ever done in my life, mm-hmm. none of it was anything I could plan. Ah. Every single part of this was stuff, they were opportunities that came to me and I was open to see that it was an opportunity. That's cool. I was flexible enough to jump on it. Yeah. Okay. Like, I apprenticed with a shaman in Peru for two years. Who does oh, that? So you bad. can't plan that. right? That's so so all it, when it comes to destinations from a travel perspective, my destinations always chose me. And mm. they chose me in the form of a unique opportunity that sang to me, whether it was a free accommodate like working exchange yeah. or house sitting or staying with somebody or trying something new or meeting somebody who says hey come to this place and always there was this op- there was always always and i think you probably know what this is there's a little part of you that clicks yeah right there's that what there's often a physiological re- reaction that comes with it, right? Yep. Whether it's yep. the, the stomach jumping or the heart flutter or the, oh, my God. Or just even this, the, the clunk center, right? Yeah. It's like, I guess I'm doing this now. And most of it doesn't make sense. It's like, I guess I'm selling my financial planning practice now. Yeah. This doesn't make sense, but it does here. I'm doing oh, hold it. Hold on. How did, you, how did
1: you learn to listen to that? In other words, many of us including myself, yep. have had amazing opportunities come my way, or something that was singing to me, yep. and I heard, I maybe noticed, but I didn't always listen. How did you learn to listen? I'm wondering if this was innate. Mm. I mean, how did I learn to listen? Well, were you always good at listening to those things? In well, other words, I used to get callings all the time. Or yeah. like I, oh, this is cool. I should go do that or like, oh, what an opportunity. But then when I would start rationally thinking about how that really didn't make any sense, <laughs> I would it would immediately stop me from going and doing the thing. There you go. And later in life, it didn't matter what this says. Mm-hmm. Now it's simply I wake up the next morning after, I don't know, oh, cool opportunity came. Do I want to do that? I don't know. I'll just go to sleep. And when I wake up the next morning and I ask my gart, my, gart, my gut and my heart, oh, that's new, my word, <laughs> my, my new word, my gart. That's a new word. Oh, yeah. We're going to do that. Definition, gart, <laughs> gut and heart. Do I want to do that thing? Yeah. It will immediately tell me and then I can just listen. And I turn this off and this is on and then we do the thing.
0: All right, so as you were talking, I guess my Gart <laughs> clicked in and said, Nora, you've been a performer all of your life. I was practically born onto a stage. And I did I, not know this. I used to be a professional actor, singer, dancer. Oh shit. I had to quit of course you are. professional dancing at at like the age of 20 because I, I had a chronic hip injury and mm-hmm. at that stage of the game that was one of these kind of pivotal moments in my life where I was like oh what am I gonna do now because this is all I've ever really known and wanted to do um I'll save that for another story get back to the guard so every time I was about to step out on a stage mm-hmm. that feeling what's gonna happen the nervousness mm-hmm. the I'm about to Put myself out there and yeah. expose myself in every single way to an audience, and I don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of people who don't like that feeling. I like it. Yeah. And that's now my barometer. Because ah, if something yeah. happens, right, where's that opportunity? Mm-hmm. And then that opportunity comes, and then the GART happens. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh, there we go. And I, like I know that. the sign, and then I know to go with it.
1: Fire. And those create the best adventures and the best memories of life. It doesn't happen when you're just laying in bed. I know if only, right? I mean, it'd be kind of nice. be a lot more comfortable. And it is time to get out of bed, my friends. I'm taking a quick pause to remind you about that journal, one of the questions that's in there. And I want you to just pause and ask yourself right now, think about a time in which your brain, your thoughts, your mind was quieting your heart. And you knew in your gut it was the right choice. But when you started to think about it, and like really think about it and rationalize it, it kind of got the best of you. And did you still or did you not make the decision? And now with 2020 hindsight, what would you have done differently? Consider it. If you're fearless about the things that you have chosen to do in life, give me a time, maybe, ah, oh, no, never mind, any other, any time. Time in your life where you have felt
0: doubt. And how did you overcome that? Well, I feel doubt all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess there's, you know, it's funny because what's coming to me right now is what's the difference between doubt and fear? Do you have a a difference in definition there? Or do you think they might be the same?
1: and fear. Fear can be just being really scared of something. The majority of the time I'm doing anything when I'm traveling, I'm scared AF, but I do it anyway. I would say when you have both fear and doubt, that is really scary fear. When you need to do something and you're both scared of it and you're scared that you can't do it because you're doubting yourself, that's the worst kind of fear. And so I would say they can be combined together, but for me, they can also be separate.
0: All right, see, I have, to fe- I have this feeling that fear does not exist without doubt because you would mm. not be scared if you didn't doubt ah, your ability to okay. get through that experience.
1: Fair. Well, but sometimes fear just comes from not knowing. Hmm, okay, we're playing with the linguistics thing here. I
0: like, what, I like where you're going with this. Okay, I like it. Because, and I, and the reason I just kind of went down that road is because I like to think of myself as someone who conquers fears. Yeah. I have 300 skydives, I used to race motorcycles, I bungee jumped around the world. I do fear <laughs> stuff. I if I'm sca- I live I lived on boats in the Caribbean for three months, sweet, so not a sweet. night on land. Why? Because I have an ocean phobia. <laughs> I'm like, let's try this out. <laughs> Such a good reason for something. right? That's why, so. that's why I dive with
1: sharks today. I'm very afraid of sharks. Right.
0: So I had the fear, but I, okay, so now I'm going to answer my own question. I didn't doubt my ability to get through it. Mm. Mm. Whereas perhaps I do have other fears that I'm like. Mm. Uh, yeah. So there's, then maybe fear and doubt is the universal stopper. Mm. Whereas you can have fear and move through it. You can have doubt and move through it. Mm-hmm. but when they're together it's a challenge so when have I doubted myself all kinds of times yeah right there's been all kinds of times where I'm like oh is this really gonna work out oh did I make the right decision yeah oh am i you know how is my life gonna work out there's I mean I doubt the future I doubt the present I doubt the career I doubt the lifestyle yeah. I doubt uh, all the things mm-hmm. but I think the trick is not letting it stop you Right, not letting the doubt and the fear mount together to keep you from living your full potential. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and are you a badass? Hell yeah. I already know the Girl, you wouldn't be sitting here why? with me if I wasn't. Why,
1: why are you a badass?
0: Well, I think it's kind of just that, right? If I see a fear, I go, hmm, wonder what that's going to be like. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready to jump on the opportunities. I'm ready to pivot left even though it feels counterintuitive according to what society might define as the thing to do. Yeah but i also calculate my risk mm. and this goes back to my financial planning days i think yeah right it's all about <laughs> you know your ability to you know from an, uh, if i were to talk financial planning i would say you know what is your stomach what is your tolerance for risk mm-hmm, what is your mm-hmm. tolerance for fluctuation in order to get an roi that you're comfortable with but there is always a line where then unnecessary risk does not beget the same level of gains mm. right so I look at it so skydiving people yeah. say to me why would you jump out of a perfectly perfectly good airplane yeah I say first of all they're not perfectly good airplanes you should see the planes you're gonna want to have a rig if you get into these planes but then also statistically speaking I have a way greater chance of dying getting into a car accident on my way to the drop zone yeah than I do jumping out of the airplane mm-hmm. that's the calculation the benefit that I get from doing the jump being a part of the community learning this thing that makes me amazingly you know happy and self-confident and like every time i jumped out of an airplane i saved my own life that's empowerment Mm -hmm. right but i calculated the risks i won't do base jumping Mm -hmm. because base jumping is. i understand right i'll jump out of an airplane because i have two parachutes and you know fifteen thousand feet to figure it out yep but i won't do base jumping because for me That's just a game of roulette. Yeah. And the calculation does not work out. Calculated risk? Fire. (laughs)
1: yes if you enjoyed today's podcast episode please leave a review it really does help to distribute this to more people check the show notes for your free journal download to find nora and to find more info about today's sponsor rhino thank you for being here today go forth be badass we'll see you in the next one ciao